You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hello, friends. You are listening to episode 21 of the Knowing Motherhood podcast. Thanks for joining me here today. I am definitely grateful to be back with you after yet another long delay. We've all been working hard during this new normal to stay healthy, to support our families, and to make the most of not having the social life we once had. And it hasn't been easy, but there's also been, I think, for all of us, different different highs and lows. And for us, um, one of those highs has been just having an incredible amount of time outside and just kind of enjoying the little things in life together. You know, if you're like me, you may have had to shift a lot of priorities around to facilitate at-home learning and just getting used to having all of your children home all day, every day. I knew from the beginning of this global lockdown that I would have to put the podcast episodes on hold, but, you know, honestly, I'm really glad I did. It doesn't mean, though, that it hasn't been hard to produce so few during this second season. That was never the plan, but you know what? (laughs) That's just how life goes, isn't it? I'm so grateful to do this and to have these beautiful, heartfelt conversations, and today's is no exception. My guest today is Caitlin Schrock. She is a wife to Matt and mama to two boys, Lincoln and Bridger. Caitlin is sharing with us today the very recent loss of her oldest son to neuroblastoma. Caitlin honors the memory of her son Lincoln so beautifully and she graciously allows us into some of the most intimate moments of their cancer journey. Her desire to celebrate Lincoln's life by living joyously is so apparent, you guys, and I have no doubt that you'll be amazed by her faith and her hope-filled courage just as I was. As she shares about Lincoln's love for music and how he worshiped God with his whole heart at just five years old. I was moved to tears so many times. I know that Caitlin's willingness to share her son's story is going to impact so many lives for decades to come. Here's our conversation. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Linnell. I'm really honored that you're spending time um, with me tonight with us and that you're I'm so willing to talk about um, your life and your motherhood story and your your sweet son Lincoln. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Let's um let's start off and just chat a little bit about um, who you are and just just for those listening, just to have a little bit of a better idea of who you are um, and just kind of what a, a day looks like for you currently. Yeah, so I am Caitlin. Um, I'm married to Matt. We've been married seven years now. We just had our seventh anniversary. Um, I am a mother to two, uh, Lincoln, who is forever five. He's with Jesus and Bridger, who is here with us. Um, And our family is 
going to be adopting a little baby boy in July, Lord willing. So we're super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, right now I'm a stay at home mom and I find so much joy in that. I enjoy serving my family and I enjoy cooking. Cooking is therapy for me. So mm. I just spend a lot of my days at home and I love it. <laughs> what are your, some of your favorite things to cook? Oh my goodness. I I never cook the same recipe, I feel like, unless it's one that we really love. So I really do love to just try a lot of different things. Um, that's a really hard question. I love food, <laughs> everything. <laughs> that's kind of exciting because I'm, I'm very much the same. I'm kind of, Good, in a, yeah. I, I love to cook too, and I love trying new recipes. And yes. we're kind of in a place in life with our four kids and the mm-hmm. busyness of this season where I find that I don't get to experiment as much. Right. Um, but the amount of experimentation that I've done over the last decade of being a mother contributes now to being able to pull a lot more last minute kind of things out of the, you know, out of my hat yes. without <laughs> requiring a recipe. Right. And I love yes. that. It's the, the time and experience definitely pays off. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your staple? What's one of your favorite staples in your family? Um, we, there is a dish I make that's, um, Korean beef and rice and it's so simple. It's rice and then it's beef with some seasonings on it. And we usually eat it with a vegetable. It's just really good. Um, if you search it on Pinterest, you'll be able to find it. Mm, That is one that we make a lot. That sounds really good. Well, let's talk a little bit about your motherhood story. Do you want to share? A little bit yes. about what that's been like. So you've been a mom for five, five yep. and a half years. Yeah, correct. Go for it. Yes. So Lincoln was born um, September of 2014. So he, we got married in May 2013, and then Lincoln was born um, September the following year. So we uh, were not planning to start a family that quickly. So it was a very pleasant surprise uh, to find out that we were pregnant with Lincoln. And um, so, yeah, he was born. He was just a super happy, happy little boy. He brought so much joy to our life. Um, I imagine it's because he was the firstborn and anytime he cried I was right there but he really did not cry much um he was just mm-hmm. it's just a joy and then uh Bridger was born in April of 2016 so they were about 20 months apart and um it was just I just such a joy to watch them grow up together they were close enough in age that it was just super fun to watch them interact and be best brothers. That's what they called each other. You're my best brother. (laughs) So yeah, that is um, kind of mother motherhood condensed for me. Oh, man, best brothers. That's just so precious. And um, so we'll talk in a little bit about um, about, you know, how you're um, conversations have been with Bridger about yep. uh, Lincoln being with Jesus. But do you want to f- just start and share a little bit first about uh, what your journey with Lincoln yeah. um, looked like? His, I would love yeah. to. Yes. Yeah, so Lincoln, um, when he was three years old, 
um, he started having like some low-grade fevers and some aches in his legs at night. Um, we thought they were just growing pains, but over the course of the next week, um, those growing pains intensified. And there was one night when we were putting him to sleep that um, he had a hard time falling asleep. And he, he did fall asleep, and then he woke up a couple hours later just screaming in pain. And this that previous week, I had felt like something wasn't quite right. Um, I thought maybe he had Lyme disease. We had found a tick on him earlier that summer, but I had, we live in Lyme. Like, we have lots of ticks here in Wisconsin, so Lyme mm. disease is a very real uh, fear. And so... But I had thought that I had got the tick off soon enough. But when he started having these aches and the low-grade fever, that's where my mind went. And so we had taken him into the doctor and they ran a couple tests that came back negative. But they said that often happens with um, Lyme disease. The tests aren't always very accurate. So they recommended that we start a course of antibiotics. And we, um, we did that. We felt like... If, if he did have Lyme disease, maybe that would help him overcome it quickly. But the, the aches just kept getting worse. And so that night when he was just crying in pain, um, I felt like I knew that there was something really wrong. Um, so we took him, I took him to the ER. Matt stayed here with at the house with Bridger because Bridger was sleeping. He was just barely one at the time. And we went to the ER and we did a couple tests. They ran some blood work and they did an x-ray. Um, didn't seem too concerned. The blood test came back fine. Um, they took a look at the x-ray and they didn't see anything. In the meantime, they had given Lincoln ibuprofen or Tylenol or something like that. And so they said, you can, everything looks okay. And at that point, Lincoln was doing fine he was laughing and smiling and they were like you can we can admit you into the hospital and do more tests or you can take him home and just observe him and let us know if anything changes so I remember looking at him he was sitting watching tv in that little ER room and he was laughing and joking around and I was like this is so silly he's fine we're just gonna go home so we went home and went to sleep this we got home at like 6 a.m in the morning and Lincoln and I fell asleep and we woke up around nine I woke up to a phone call from the hospital and the doctor said that the new shift had taken a look at the x-ray and they were concerned that they saw some lesions on his hip and lesions was not a word that I was familiar with but I remember just I, I knew what it meant and it was terrifying to me and he said we want to we want to get you in to see um, a few more people run a few more tests can you come in this morning around noon and so we went in and over the course of that next week um, I believe we were admitted that night or the following some of these details are a blur a lot has happened since then um, but we were admitted into the hospital and they ran a bunch of 
scans. And initially they told us that he had leukemia. Um, and then a day later, another test came back and they said that he has stage four neuroblastoma. And I remember they told me not to Google the survival stats for neuroblastoma, stage four neuroblastoma, but Hmm. I don't think that any mom is going to listen to that. So of course I Googled it and I remember being devastated, but I knew that I knew someone who could heal my son and survival stats did not mean anything to him. So we yeah, that was, he started chemotherapy that night, um, and we did six months of chemotherapy um, at our local hospital. We were in and out. We would stay for a week at a time and then come home and recover, allow his counts to recover in between. Um, he got very sick with the, the third round of chemo, especially Um, He lost a lot of weight, Uh, his hair fell out, and it was pretty hard on him. Mm. And then around, after that sixth round of chemotherapy, we um, transferred our care to a hospital in New York. They had an immunotherapy treatment there that had really good success for stage four neuroblastoma, and it was a lot less harsh on the body than chemotherapy. Um, so we started flying to New York every month. We would go out there for about 10 days and do a round of immunotherapy, and then we would come home. So we were traveling a lot that summer. That was the summer of 2018. And in June of 2018, uh, we did some scans and the doctors told us that he was cancer free. It was so exciting. The happiest day of my life. Um, Mm. He was, his body was recovering while we were on the immunotherapy. His hair had grown back. It was these beautiful blonde curls. He had had Mm. stick straight hair before chemotherapy. And then when it regrew, it was just these thick blonde curls. It was just gorgeous. (laughs) I felt like it was just one of those little gifts that God had given me. Um, So he was getting very strong. It was a wonderful summer. Um, he received his Make-A-Wish, which was a camper trailer. And so we were able to do some camping that summer in between our trips. It was wonderful. Um, after the sixth round of immunotherapy, we did scans. Um, and they told us that there were five new spots of cancer. And it was... It was, that was a really, really hard thing to go through. We had had just two short months where he was cancer-free, and it felt like it was just taken away so quickly. Um, and so we, we, at that point, there were no treatment plans, so we... Um, just talked with the doctors. They heard our concerns. Um, They shared theirs, and we kind of created a new treatment plan. We did some radiation, and then we tried a different kind of immunotherapy for a a couple months. And we were able to do that one closer to home, which was wonderful. Um, 
being in New York was really difficult because it kind of took us away from our support system. So it was it was good to be able to do some treatments at home. Um, my mom was able to watch our son and to just be near friends really made a huge difference for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that was January of 2019, just last year. Um, during one of the rounds of immunotherapy, he developed really bad migraines along with vomiting. And I had known from my time in the neuroblastoma support groups and that vomiting with headaches was a really bad thing. Um, mm. It often meant a relapse on the brain. But I, I feel like I was in denial. I was, I was like, no, this can't be that. Like, he's just sick because of the treatments that he was on. His, you know, his stomach is all messed up. We'll be fine. The headaches just kept getting worse. And again, I kind of like that first, that first night when we went to the ER, I felt God telling me, you need to take him in. You need to go to the ER. Um, So we went to the ER and this time they did a brain scan and within a few hours they came back and they showed us the scan and the disease was covering the leptomeningeal layer of his brain. It was really bad. And I knew that this was going to get even more difficult, the road ahead of us. Um, He was miraculously, he had not had any seizures. They, even the doctors said that was a miracle because the fluid on his brain was really, really um, high, the fluid level. We talked with our team in New York and the doctors here at home, and they decided that it was safe to fly. They put him on some really good steroids to try to relieve some of that inflammation in his brain. And we flew to New York because New York was the only place that had a treatment plan um, for brain disease. And that um, week in that first week in New York was the wildest roller coaster we've ever been on. Um, but it was during that week that we really saw the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Um, music had always meant so much to Lincoln, and it was during that time that he just started worshiping like songs. He would make up songs, these beautiful worship songs, and just sing them. We would catch him singing them as he was laying in bed, or he'd say, hey, mom, I want to I wanna sing a song about Jesus. And so he would just start singing and the lyrics would just come. And that is just a miracle to me because I don't know if you've ever had a migraine, but if you Mm -hmm. ever experienced one, the last thing you want to hear is any sound. And yet he just loved music and the sound of music. And it was just so special to me that God gave him that little gift in the most, the most uh, painful moment of his life. It was, it was just beautiful. Mm. Anyway, so um, 
the the next couple months we did the brain relapse treatment we were in new york for six weeks um and then later that summer we decided to travel to seattle um he was doing well and we traveled to seattle um, to clinic there we were going to do some hyperbaric oxygen treatments and a few other um, natural treatments that we had heard worked really well for neuroblastoma. So we hopped in um, his Make-A-Wish camper and we got to enjoy a road trip out to Seattle. And we actually stayed in our camper for a couple weeks while we were there getting treatment. While we were there, um, the headaches came back and he developed a black and blue eye, which is another one of those terrible signs for neuroblastoma. Mm. And so we did some scans there. The doctors were very concerned. And they told us that it looks like there is some new disease there. Um, We were in Seattle, so we forwarded the scans to his team back home, and they took a look at it, and they felt like the cancer was it wasn't any new disease. It was just some scar tissue from um, his radiation that he had received to the brain. So okay. we went from hearing that he has cancer to, no, we don't think he does. So we were like, okay, that's wonderful. Still very cautious because things can change so much. And it's just such a wild roller coaster. Yeah. So we traveled home from Seattle and his headaches and st- just kept getting worse. So when we got home, we went to um, the team in at home and they did more scans. So that was September of, of last year, September 2019, September 1st. Um, we did some scans and they told us that it was back and it was worse than ever before. And that he had just days, maybe weeks with us. So, yeah, that's kind of his story. (laughs) So how much time did you have with him after that diagnosis? We had 10 days um, with him. We had done some scans. I believe it was September 9th that they told us that they gave us the result of the scan and then he passed away September 19th. So it was just, just a few days, but they were some of the most beautiful days of my life. You know, I had a friend on Instagram. I don't know who it was, but they shared and your post of Lincoln singing that beautiful song by Natalie Grant, and that's how I actually heard of your story. (laughs) And so I remember praying over him and not knowing anything about you guys. (laughs) And I cannot imagine the amount of people that were praying um, over you guys during that time. Um, Do you want to share maybe one or two of your, uh, your sweetest moments with him in those 10 days? I would love to. Um, the My most favorite moment was when we were laying beside each other in bed. And this was maybe like four days before he passed away. And I 
I had asked him, can I get you anything, Lincoln? Do you need a drink? Do you need something to eat? And he just looked at me and his eyes were extra shiny that day. Um, It was one of the last days that we were able to hold a conversation before, I think it was the next day that he slipped into a coma and he wasn't responding to us anymore. But he looked at me with his shiny blue eyes and he said, all I need is love. Love is the best. I love love. And it was just such a special moment. That's beautiful. Of a little boy at the end of his life. And he wasn't worried about the cares of this world. All he needed was love. It was just so special to me. One of the other like special things was, and my nurse friend had told me that, um, when people get to the end of their life, they kind of, they think about what all they've missed out on and they just kind of ponder life. And I saw that in Lincoln. There were a lot of um, really neat questions he was asking and things he was saying. And one of the things he's randomly said after waking up from a short nap was, dad, we need to plant sunflowers. (laughs) And We had never talked about sunflowers before, but he just felt like we needed to plant sunflowers. And we never got to do that because he very soon after that slipped into a coma. But sunflowers just have a really special meaning to me since that moment. So have you planted any? We are going to next week, hopefully. I don't I don't know sunflowers, so I'm hoping we do it right, and I'm hoping God make works a miracle and these sunflowers <laughs> grow in spite of my very black thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be such a special moment for yes, you guys. for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. You refer to Lincoln as being forever five. What are five mm-hmm. things that always make you smile when you think about him? Oh, my goodness. I love this question. Um, I would say his positive, joyful outlook on life. Um, It didn't matter if it was rainy or snowing outside. Um, There were so many mornings he would wake up and look outside and say, well, it's a nice sunny day. And I just loved that about him. And this morning when I woke up, it's pouring rain here in Wisconsin. And I looked outside and I was like, well, it's a nice sunny day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Um, so sweet. Yes. And his love for Jesus, um, ever since he was, was able to talk, he just really loved reading Bible stories together. And he would often ask us questions afterward and really, really deep thought provoking questions. Um, so I really loved that about him. They were questions that made me think. So that was great. Wow. Um, his He had a very like loving personality. One of his favorite things to do was he would say family cuddles and then we would all run to the couch and we'd just sit there and like laugh and smile as we cuddled together. So we still have family cuddles, but we sure notice the the one person that is missing from our family cuddles now. 
but we enjoy them because they remind us so much of Lincoln. Yeah, that's really special. Yeah. And he had, I think I mentioned before, but his sparkling blue eyes. Um, chemotherapy, for some reason, takes the color out of out of eyes. I guess if it makes you lose your hair, it can take color out of out of your eyes. And so I remember that summer where he was cancer free, his eyes just returned to their blue color, but I feel like they, they got even more blue because I don't know, maybe it was just because I was noticing them more, but, um, yeah, I just, I love his blue eyes. I have a photo in my kitchen that, um, our photographer friend had taken a few weeks before he died and he's holding a cup of iced coffee. He loved iced coffee. Um, we had kind of a joke, but we said that if, um, that if he could get chemo, he can, he can drink iced coffee. So Uh we let him have all the iced coffee he wanted. Uh (laughs) Um, anyway, he's holding, um, a cup of iced coffee and looking up at the camera with these beautiful blue eyes. And I have that hanging in my kitchen. I see it every morning, every time I'm cooking. And I just love that. (laughs) Mm, That's so sweet. It gets such a beautiful picture of who he is, just listening Mm -hmm. to you share that and just so much joy, so much joy and so much love to share. You know, that initial um, video um, that I personally saw Mm -hmm. that so many, I think, people got the privilege of seeing was of him singing King of the World by Natalie Grant. Was that one of his favorite songs? It was. And... You know, we don't even really know, like, how it became one of his favorites. Um, but that, I since he died, I, ha- I went back through my phone and I watched the videos. And I found a video that I had forgotten I had. And this was way back when he first started chemotherapy. And I guess I had recorded him dancing to that, that song. And so the video is a him dancing in the living room with his hands just raised to the ceiling and he's just running around the living room dancing and so I I realized that that song was really special to him before I remembered that it was special to him but um so it was in New York after when we flew there after his brain relapse that I recorded the video that you saw along with um, many others. I We were in our little Ronald McDonald room and I was, we had music playing and I was sweeping the floor and I caught a glimpse of Lincoln out of the corner of my eye and Natalie Grant's King of the World was playing and he was sitting on the edge of his bed with his eyes just focused towards the ceiling and he was just belting out this song. I had never known, knew that he knew the lyrics that well, but he was just singing um, the lyrics. Oh, you set it all in motion. Every single moment you brought it all to me and you're holding on to me. And his little, his little hand just went to his heart as he sang, you're holding on to me. And it was just such a special moment. And I was so grateful that I caught that on video because it's still one of the most precious 
videos that I have of just remind just a beautiful reminder that Lincoln trusted in the king of the world and he knew that everything that he was walking through um, that God was holding him it was just really special and so yeah it's so amazing because children you know we we tend to look down on them in so mm -hmm. many different ways and and yet yeah. you know god says we're not supposed to and, and there yeah. are so many reasons for that and i think he's um he lincoln is such an example of pure beautiful mm -hmm. trust in god at yes. such a young age i think it's so profound and i think that as adults we need to remember to look to children and their mm -hmm. faith and to learn from it Lincoln's journey taught me that, showed me that. I think that before I walked through the journey with Lincoln, I, I kind of viewed God as this distant God that I would run to if things got bad, but otherwise I was just, I was okay. And mm -hmm. Lincoln's journey just really, like, Lincoln showed me just that childlike faith in God for everything in our life. And Lincoln, you know, a child is so honest. They have those moments where they're angry or frustrated. And, and yet God loves us even through our anger and our frustration. And he just wants that. He just wants our trust and a relationship with us and, Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln really taught me that on, on this journey, just observing his childlike faith. You know, I love the story of Jonah because one detail that I never, ever noticed as a child growing up in the church and even as an adult until only very recently um, and studying a little closer was just the fact that Jonah got so mad at God for being kind mm -hmm. to the people yeah. of Nineveh. And um, and I think when we look at Lincoln's life, the way you're explaining and sharing it, mm -hmm. you know, I see that, you know, he didn't even think to be angry with God. I mean, I don't know if he had moments of frustration and you can mm -hmm. share about that if you want to. But I love that, again, that that faith was so pure and that trust yes. in him was so pure in the middle of so much suffering because that he his little body, his little mind he went through so yeah. much in such a short amount of time. It really did. And there were so many days where Matt and I like felt all of these emotions and just the weight of trying to make decisions as far as like Lincoln's treatment plan and and we it it was it was honest quite honestly depressing and just earth shattering yeah and we we would just notice that God would speak through Lincoln um Lincoln would say things like I I love God or God is so good and just these short little truth-packed statements when Matt and I needed to hear them the most. And it was just like God was reminding us that I'm here with you and I care and I love this little boy. That was just beautiful to me. Wow. Yeah, that's just incredible. You know, I, I would love to hear about... Um, 
just kind of what your community, how your community supported you during this time. Mm -hmm. Is there anything um, that was a challenge in relationship, you know, navigating through relationships during that time? Or did you guys just feel extremely supported? Um, What was it like with your church family and so on? Yeah, it was really it was really humbling for Matt and I um, to just be on the receiving end of relationships. Um, people just poured into our life, and we oh, we have a tremendous debt towards so many people for just the the help that they were and the support that they were um, through Lincoln's journey. Our local community. So many of them didn't know us before um, Lincoln's journey, but they would step in and they would do little things like mow our yard and snow plow the driveway. And my friends, they would come into our our house and they'd wash the sheets and they'd put um, fresh food in in the refrigerator. They would flowers on the countertop and sometime I'd come home and I'd have a new rug or my porch would be decorated just these little things that I didn't have the time or energy to do but they thought of it was just so special to me um how they just surrounded us us with love and then through Lincoln's um I shared Lincoln's updates sometimes daily to a Facebook page and there were people from around the world who would send us messages letting us know that they were praying and I just there were so many days where I I couldn't I felt like I couldn't go on but I could feel um, just the other believers in Christ lifting up my arms and praying for us and encouraging us to keep pressing forward it was wonderful it is incredible um as um, as a believer to experience the reality of of the power of prayer mm-hmm. in times like that, and I've experienced that too in our life. Are you you know you yeah. know that the people who are praying for you are really praying for you? Exactly. There's just something you feel it. <laughs> something profound, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's I love that. It's so encouraging um, to hear. How did you guys prepare Bridger? Uh, for the passing of his brother. Do you want to talk a little bit about what those conversations were like with him? Because I cannot imagine how difficult Mm -hmm. that would have been for you. And yet, Mm -hmm. I think that it was really profound as well, um, especially with the bond that they had. Yeah. So, yeah, we were able to be together as a family often during Lincoln's journey. And I'm always so grateful for that because... I feel like Lincoln and Bridger really, their bond grew even stronger through cancer. And I know that's not always the case when you're spending weeks apart. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were able to be together often. Um, So Bridger really did, did see kind of the pain and the suffering that his brother went through. So we we were always very open and honest um, with Lincoln and Bridger using kid-appropriate terminology. Um, And so we just, we kind of always had those conversations. You know, Lincoln is very sick. He has cancer. Um, Then we would would try to focus on 
on the hope that we have in Christ and the strength and the courage that he gives us. Um, so when we found out that Lincoln was dying, um, we, we were, it was so, it was so special um, to just, we threw an ice cream party in the hospital. Um, Lincoln had been on a very um, strict, healthy diet uh, that was part of the natural treatments that we were doing. And so when the doctors told us that um, he didn't have much time left, uh, one of the first things that popped into my mind was, let's get ice cream. So <laughs> my dad and and Matt, they went down to the hospital cafeteria and they found some ice cream. And we sat there on that little, the little hospital bed and we talked about heaven and we talked about all of the, the heroes that Lincoln was going to meet very soon. And I remember Bridger um, he said that he was so jealous that Lincoln would be able to go play slingshots with David and he wanted to go. It was wow. just such a special time to talk about heaven and we talked about how Lincoln was going to be um, healed and how he was going to have so much energy in his body that he could just run and run and run and run and it was it was really special. So we were very, we were very honest. Um, it was very hard. It still is very hard. Um, I think it's as difficult as, as it is for Matt and I to understand all of this some days. It's, it's much more difficult for a four-year-old to understand. Um, one of the questions that Bridger asks a lot is, why did Lincoln die? Right. Um, and so, you know, we just explain as often as he needs it to be explained to him that, you know, we live in a broken world with sickness and we don't always understand why people we love um, die, but we have the hope of heaven and where there is no pain and sickness. Yeah. And so then he often will start asking really happy questions like, Will we be able to swim in heaven? Or can we have picnics on the grass in heaven? So it's it's beautiful. It's heart-wrenching. It's heartbreaking, but very beautiful, the conversations that we're able to have with Lincoln or with Bridger um, as he walks through this grief. You shared a little bit about what your relationship with God was like prior to Lincoln's mm -hmm. illness and how it's changed and grown. And I'm just wondering, how do you view heaven now? Does it differ from before? Oh, yes. Heaven is so much more real. And I, my heart just, long, the longing for heaven has really um, intensified. And I am reading the Bible kind of with these new eyes, this longing for heaven and there is a book that I'm working my way through. It's Heaven by Randy Alcorn. And one of the things he says in there that I just really love is, many of us are so earthly minded that we are of no heavenly 
or earthly good. And so I just love to imagine, um, I think that God, that God um, tells us about heaven in, in his word, not exhaustively, but he wants us to understand and anticipate what awaits us. I feel like there's just, there's so many wonderful surprises that are, we can't even imagine right now that are yeah. waiting for us. So I feel like heaven has just become so much more real um, to us for sure. I think that knowing that you have somebody very special yes. waiting there also um, just gives you it just is it, it's automatic, right? Yes. All of a sudden, that hope is even greater. Yeah. I just, yeah, I love to imagine what that moment will be like when I cross that finish line. Um, I just love to imagine Jesus's face and Lincoln's right behind his, and they're just so happy to see me, and it's just such a beautiful. I just can't, I just can't wait. <laughs> yeah. To experience that, that perfect place with them. Yeah. Wow. What a thought. (laughs) That is is so beautifully shared. So how have you found healing in the months since he passed? Because Caitlin, I have to tell you, I'm, I just find you so incredibly courageous for sharing so soon after you, after losing Lincoln, um, I really um, admire how much you um, want to not only remember your son through sharing, but you want to honor God and bring glory to him through sharing Lincoln's life. And so I just, I'm just so, so grateful that you chose to to share with us today in this way. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know what has healing looked like for you. It's so different for everyone. Yeah. What's what's brought you joy? Right. I think that healing is going to be a journey that we are always on. Um, I don't think that um, I don't feel like I'll ever arrive to this this place where I can say I'm healed. Um, I think Lincoln's journey has brought the brokenness of the world closer home to us. Um, We have many friends that we made on his journey that are still um, walking alongside their child and they're still fighting relapse after relapse after relapse. And some of those friends have, have died. And, you know, those, those feelings of sadness and worry and desperation, they just, they flood back as we, um, empathize and grieve with them. I think that think that grief and brokenness are going to be a part of our life until we too are healed in heaven like Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't have joy. Um, a relationship with God, intimacy with him, praying, worshiping. Um, it's just truly the greatest comfort. Um, and in him is where I can find that joy that is deep and steadfast, um, seeking intimacy with him is truly my greatest comfort. And I know that he can redeem the pain. Um, 
and give me a joyful life, and I'm grateful for that. I think that one of the questions that I asked moms who had lost a child was, do you ever, do you ever laugh again? Do you ever feel like smiling? Mm. And the truth is that you do. And that is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it's the grace of God um, that you are able to kind of pick yourself up from those very, the very worst of the moments um, and keep, keep on going with life. So I'm grateful for that. Those first few times of laughing or even mm-hmm. smiling after your child, <laughs> after any kind of loss, um, often is accompanied by guilt. Did you ever experience yes. that or did you just feel um, yes. free to have joy? <laughs> no, no. Um, definitely felt guilty. It it was just, it was, grief, it, grief can be so, so confusing. So messy. I think you probably, yeah, so messy. Like you feel guilt for nearly every feeling that you're facing. Mm-hmm. But I think that just remembering the joy that Lincoln had during his hard moments um, was just, just always overwhelmed me and reminded me that I need to seek God um, I need to run to him with my grief mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. We really do. Uh, you never get over the loss of a child. You never, no. it's not about that. The healing process is, is like you say, it's ongoing and it's exactly. learning to, li- it's learning to live life and find joy again mm-hmm. and celebrate the life. Yes of um, the babies that are lost or our children that are uh, have, have gone home too Amen. early. Yeah. And I think, I feel like you're doing that so incredibly well. Um, in what ways do you hope to celebrate and remember Lincoln's life? Um, Kind of like I just said, like, I, I just, I'm, I'm so amazed Um, how joyful Lincoln was in the midst of these hard and terrible things. And I think that our family will best remember him by choosing joy, Mm. um, by noticing the little things and focusing on what, what is important and reaching out to the hurting around us. I think that that is the best way that we can honor and remember and living in surrender, just like that song that He's saying, "King of the world," like just giving it, giving it all to the to the one who has made us, to the one who is the King of the world. Hmm. Amen. So, if you were sitting with another mother, you mentioned having friends uh, who also have children walking through um, terminal illness. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were sitting with a mom who had just recently found out a, a terminal diagnosis um, or of a terminal, a terminal diagnosis for mm-hmm. their child, what would you, what words would you uh, want to share with them? I think that one of the hardest things for me um, facing the terminal illness and, and death was 
it's so overwhelming when you look at the the road ahead of you. Um, and even now, like I have some days where I can, I just sit and I think about all of the years that I have left until I can see my son again. Um, and it's just, it's overwhelming and it's so sad that there is so much of, of heartbreak and um, just sorrow and grief ahead of me. And so I think just remembering the hope of glory that we won't experience the the pain here on earth for long. Someday soon we will be um, in heaven and that hope is the absolute sweetest promise from our Father that one day our reality will be sitting at the feet of our Jesus and basking in his love and experiencing all the joys of heaven free of of pain, of surgeries and poor accesses and immunotherapy. It'll all be gone and we will be happy and healed. Mm. Amen. So you guys have some some joyful news ahead. You are planning to, you're going to be expanding your family uh, through adoption. Yes. And when is that hopefully happening? Do you guys have a date? Yes. So July, um, at the end of July, she will be having her C-section. And we are so, so excited. Um, adoption is something that um, Matt and I have had on our hearts even before we were married. And it was something that we talked about often with Lincoln. Um, he, he was so excited. We were planning to start the process um, as soon as we got a break in the cancer treatments. Mm. And he was just so thrilled. Um, he would talk about his brother or sister that he hoped to have one day. And it's heartbreaking that he can't be here to experience that with us. Um, But I know that Jesus has told him all about it. And we are just so thrilled and excited for what lies ahead of us. I think it's so precious um, that this little, it's a little boy, right? Yes. Yes. That you're going to be able to just, what's the word? impact his life with Lincoln's story that he's going to get to find out about this amazing big brother in heaven and his life and his story just as you shared it with us today Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it's going to have such an impact on his his younger siblings and yeah yeah, it's beautiful Caitlin yes I'm just so excited to carry on Lincoln's memory and um, just make his memory such a happy and beautiful one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So tell us where um, our listeners can find you online to follow along um, with you and and your adoption story and and your sharing of Lincoln's story. Yes. So I have shared Lincoln's story um, on a Facebook page called Live Like Lincoln. And you will find his entire story there. That was, that was my way of journaling um, many of the hard days. I would just sit there and type out what I was feeling and 
and share how Lincoln was feeling that day and share how people could pray for us. So his story you can find over at Live Like Lincoln on Facebook. And I can be found on Instagram at Caitlin Schrock. Um, And that is where I am sharing just our day-to-day life. And hopefully you will see pictures of a beautiful little baby boy soon. I'm so excited. Oh, that is so exciting. I can't <laughs> wait to see your nursery you that you have set up yeah. looks so beautiful. Oh, thank you. That was so fun to do. I bet. I bet. And Bridger's pretty excited. He is so excited. We pray for the baby every night and he's just over the moon. And it will be so wonderful to see that brother Um, bond grow between them. I think that is something that I'm just really looking forward to seeing again and for Bridger to have a little partner to be by his side as he goes throughout life. Another best brother, hey? Yes, another best brother. That's precious. Thanks so much for joining me today, Caitlin. Thank you, Linnell, for having me. This was the most emotional interview I've ever done up to this point. Many of my own tears were due to the awe and amazement of how a small child can love and be loved in the way that Lincoln was. Through so much suffering, it's a testimony of how God really does walk with us through every trial. My hope in Him and my view of life and death have forever been impacted by Lincoln's short but significant life journey on this earth. I am truly so grateful for Caitlin's beautiful heart and her willingness to share today. If you've been touched by her story, make sure to go connect with her on Facebook or on IG or Instagram. Those details are in the show notes for you. If you're walking through a painful journey right now of your own, you can come and find us on Knowing Motherhood podcast on Instagram and Knowing Motherhood on Facebook. Stay tuned for some upcoming announcements um, and as always encouragement and info on future podcast episodes. Before we say goodbye, I just want to remind you, friend, that the struggles that we face in motherhood are not the end. They're not bigger than our God. Even though it feels like it at times, anxiety will not swallow us whole, especially when our trust is in the one who goes before us. He's not waiting for you to do the right thing or to be wiser or more deserving. The God of the universe is right here, right now, loving you and promises to walk with you through the hard stuff, whether it's cancer or depression, chronic illness or miscarriage. Cling to his promises, friend. Stay in his word. I promise you, keep your eyes on him. He is the sweetest and safest place to be. See you here again soon.